Thanks for downloading this podcast from RNIB Connect Radio. Jake Coles lost his sight due to a brain tumour at the age of 12. Now 21 and having overcome many hurdles, including depression, Jake is studying at university and hopes to complete his degree in order to inspire and help others in the same situation. And he joins me now. Jake, thank you for joining me in the programme today. Now, you lost your sight at the age of 12 years old due to a brain tumour. Tell us about that, Jake. Well, I was diagnosed with a brain tumour when I was 11. And my sight kind of drifted away in six weeks. So I went from fully sighted to completely blind within a six-week period. So it's quite dramatic really if I'm honest. It's horrendous it's absolutely horrendous and you know I lost my sight in the space of two weeks but that was due to diabetes but to be told that you know you had a brain tumour obviously when you think brain tumour you you look at your mortality in, in a very serious way I'd imagine. You and your parents must have been absolutely beside yourselves because at 11 years old, I, I'm guessing you were old enough to understand what was going on. I just finished my SATs exams actually, and thank goodness I had because I had that transition to go to secondary school, which I thankfully was able to put off. But certainly, with regards to brain tumour, the sight of almost a secondary part of it, if I'm honest, because of the fact that it was such a life threatening illness for me personally. Now, this tumour is benign, isn't it? But it's in a part of your brain that it, it can't be removed. It is, yeah. It was smacked by in the middle of my head. It's attached to a major blood vessel, so uh, it's very, very difficult, very, very dangerous to remove it. If I shake my head, you can still hear it rattle, if you know what I mean. So. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, you know, you seem to have absolutely amazing spirits about you. And I know that you've done so many tremendous things since losing your sight and since the brain tumour diagnosis, which we will come on to uh, in just a short while. But how did life change at that point for you because obviously you would have been in mainstream school um all of a sudden you can't see you've got this brain tumor you must have missed a lot of school i actually missed a whole year of school because the treatment obviously affected me quite majorly because of the fact that fatigue and everything like that so sight loss as, as a whole well what we did was because i'd just finished primary school it couldn't have happened at a more convenient time if you know what i mean so we had that option to put off secondary school for a year or so because of the fact that I was so fatigued and all that. And so what we did was we looked around my local county and we had to gauge what schools would be best for me. First of all, I went part-time because I was still very, very fatigued from the treatment. So I went in about four hours a day. So I went in for a morning or an afternoon. We slowly upped that until I was full time. So it, it was a slow process, but I eventually got there in the end. Now, the brain tumour is still there. And obviously, you know, it, it was growing to the extent that it was pushing on your optic nerve, wasn't it? That's how you lost your sight. Yeah. So the treatment that you had for the brain tumour, did that manage to shrink the brain tumour at all? Or did it just stop it in its tracks? shrunk it quite considerably actually it was five centimeters by four centimeters if i'm not mistaken and now it's one and a half by 0.5 so it's, it's shrunk it majorly it's very very effective i've responded quite well to it so well that's great news in itself but if that's the case why i mean the, did they explain to you why the site didn't come back because i'm i'm imagining if something is growing and pushing down in your optic nerve 
does it kill the blood vessels in the optic nerve which are kind of irreversible or you know I, I would have thought with it shrinking maybe it would have taken the pressure off for you to be able to see it again I mean what how did they explain it to you well they explained it to me uh, by the fact that the brain tumour was actually in the plug hole which the brain fluid would go down and so therefore the brain fluid was pressing so hard on the nerves and they damaged them in some way that's as, as far as I get it anyway so if I were to get my sight back, I'd have to have my optic nerves completely replaced. Which right now isn't really a possibility, is it? Because of no, the, I'm afraid the nerve endings and there's just too many of them to to reconnect. It's it's mm. you know a, yeah. a terrible, terrible pity. But I suppose when you do go through something like this, I mean, you said yourself the sight loss seemed kind of secondary to the brain tumor because it was so terrifying. So part of you feels lucky to be alive then well in a way i see myself as i feel almost fortunate to be alive rather than negative to have lost my sight in a way because some of the children on my ward has had the brain tumor disease some of their brains have had to have some of their brain removed as well whereas i feel quite fortunate i'm able to think i'm able to live quite independently really i'm at university i'm doing quite well so i see it as a positive rather than a negative that i'm alive rather than i've lost my sight oh no it's incredible i mean your attitude is just incredible and i know that you know i i've been through some you know pretty horrendous things in my life that makes me think well you know blindness is not the worst thing to happen to me and don't get me wrong Jake, I cannot stand being blind. I'd rather not be blind. Yes, at, the end of the d- at the end of the day, I thank my lucky stars that, you know, I can do the things that I want to do still in life, just about, apart from drive. And I can lead a, a fairly fulfilled and normal life. But, you know, it's still a hard and bitter pill to swallow when you know it is the byproduct of something else my blindness was was the byproduct of of diabetes so you know these things are difficult to deal with but how did you deal with it at the time i mean did you sink into a depression how about your parents how did they cope were they good support to you many been my mother's been supporting me she's a wonderful woman she's been help so helpful to me and, and everything like that but i have had mental health issues because of my sight loss but when I was having treatment we always used to have a phrase saying that after every down there's an up moment and so therefore that's what I look for I look for silver linings I look for silver linings in the black cloud if you know what I mean so uh and my, my mum taught me that and that's what I lived off my mum's been so supportive and so helpful to me with regard to my sight loss that uh, I'm not sure how I was without her really Oh, listen, I know exactly where you're coming from. And it's funny, it was one thing that my mother said to me when I first lost my sight that stayed with me for, well, until this very day. I mean, I was 19 when I lost my sight. I'm nearly 41 now, Jake. So um, it's been a while. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you that fiver later. <laughs> but um, no, my mother said to me, life isn't always the way it's supposed to be. It's just the way it is. But it's how you cope that makes the difference. And, you know, it's about the people around you, about, you know, how you deal with things. That is, you know, what you have to hang on to. And it's such a hideous time, especially, I would say, for a mother who's looking at her child and thinking, I would take this disability from you, I would take it on head on. 
if I could. And I think that was another thing that got me through it. But with regards to the mental health aspect, you know, I've very rarely spoken to, to anybody who hasn't been affected by some kind of mental health issue due to sight loss. And, and I include myself in that. You know, I did suffer quite badly, you know, initially. And it didn't hit me for a few years. But when it did, gosh, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was yeah. due to something else that happened in my life. So, you know, you, you've you've just, you've got no choice. So you do get to that point where you think, I cannot go any further down. The only way now is to go up. Yeah, and I hit that moment about four or five years ago now. I was diagnosed with depression, and thankfully I'm through it now. I'm generally a happy lad, but uh, that's what gives me the passion to take into health and social care degree. And I'm working towards working in the field of mental health. In my opinion, the best people to support a person is someone who's been through it themselves. I really found that when I lost my sight, if my class, I got into contact eventually with people that have also lost their sight, and they really gave me some coping mechanisms. Yes, it's, it's so important. And it's so important to actually talk about mental health because it used to be so much more of a taboo subject and I know that, yeah definitely yeah I think nowadays we are getting a bit better but you know 20 years ago 20 odd years ago when I lost my sight it was you know you were frightened to tell anybody that you were on an antidepressant or you were frightened to tell mm. anybody that you were seeing a counsellor or a psychologist or you know whatever kind of treatment I mean, you might have been years having ago, people were still being put in silence weren't they that's right people who lost their sight would just be automatically put into an asylum because you know they just thought that that people would lose their mind anyway so it's it's you know it has come on leaps and bounds and it's amazing that somebody like yourself you know you're only 21 but you've recognized you know your your depression and I think that is a big part of getting through depression you actually have to recognize it admit it and then you can deal with it yeah, and I've just thought that I was being upset and the fact that I realised that I needed help and that was a turning point for me personally because of the fact that uh, I approached my mum and I said, I need, I need to see the doctor and my mum's just not right. But we didn't. And I'm here now. I'm at university and feel quite happy. So it's all good. Well, you do have such a positive attitude. You have been going to university for a wee while now. You're doing your degree. What else have you been up to since you lost your size? I started to get back into sport and I encountered the sport goalball, which has been a big, huge lifesaver for me, if I'm honest, because of the fact that before I lost my sight, I was a very sporty lad and I played football, played rugby, that kind of thing. But when I lost my sight, my first dilemma was I won't be able to play sport anymore because obviously I hasn't spoken to anybody who has lost their sight before, so I thought that's my life done. But I got came in contact with goalball and it just been a life changer for me really and also with me going to university i've been given the opportunity to volunteer for a mental health organization called coop so you keep yourself very very busy don't you and i yeah. i think that you know sport and mental health can go hand in hand and in, in kind of helping each other out as well because you know they do say that exercise is is good for you know kind of serotonin levels and dopamine levels so it's great that you do have that interest now have you been told, Jake, what the prognosis for this brain tumour is? Will it grow again? Will you have to have more treatment? Or is there any chance you can have more treatment and it will shrink even further? Will it ever go? Well, as far as they're aware, I'm cured, the people at my hospital. So 
I'm hoping that I know what I'm trying to look out for now, and so therefore, if it does start growing back, I can catch it quite early, so it's not too bad. But uh, as far as Arrowway, it's completely benign now, completely and utterly dead, as it were. Well, thank goodness for that, and it's such a pleasure to talk to you. I'm so grateful for you joining us on the programme today. You are a fantastic young man with, uh, you know, such inspirational qualities. The very best of luck in your studies, Jake. And thank you for joining us here on RNIB Connect Radio. Thank you for having me. For more downloads like these, visit rnibconnectradio.org.uk slash podcasts.